This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed? You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Efner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Dan Wolkenstein, ugh, I feel good. I feel good, and you know exactly what I'm talking about because... We are in the midst of draft season. We have the NFL Combine just around the corner next week. Free agency just after that. Pro days just after that. Everything leading up to April 27th for the 2023 NFL Draft. And now, today, finally, we teased it last week. But now we're going to actually start getting into the meat and potatoes of draft talk. Dan and I decided to go... If you if you watch the show for the last couple of years, Dan and I usually break down positions. And because we're doing it a little bit early this year, and because we're doing it, you know, before the combine and before these guys actually start running drills, we're kind of, you know, this list that we're going to be going through today, and specifically it will be highlighting the wide receivers, but this list is fluid. So as Stephen A. Smith likes to say, it's fluid. <laughs> it could be ever-changing. But instead of trying to give out the usual let's just say for this show, the wide receiver rankings. And as we'll be doing this for each position, we decided to make our personal lists of our the best fits, if you will, as it relates to the wide receivers of who the Chargers could be looking at. Because we know, based off of where the Chargers stand right now, what they unfortunately neglected to address in last year's draft we definitely know that wide receiver is one of their top priorities this April. So Dan and I put together a little list. We tried our best to not do any overlap, but these are both prospect. These are a handful of these prospects are both guys that, uh, that Dan and I really, really like as far as overall fits, but we're each going to take uh, go back and forth, highlighting a little bit of about each one of them, get a chance to talk about each one of these guys. Lots to talk about. I know Dan is psyched and Dan, I know I just went on a total mm-hmm. intro tangent right there. So I apologize. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, if I am stealing any of your, you know, hey, how you doing, sir, time. But well, let me just go back to that real quick before we get into the jump. How are you doing, sir? How are you feeling? Honestly, I am great. Thank you for asking. Uh, wonderful. Honestly, Jake's vibing. I love this. Jake is so in his happy place right now talking about NFL draft prospects. So look, you do you, my friend. Uh, super excited for this episode. Honestly, this is one of the ones I've been looking forward to the most. So many people have been talking about what the Chargers need to do, adding offensive weapons at the skill position, specifically wide receiver. So as Jake alluded to it, we're talking about receivers today. Our top favorite fits for the Chargers at the wide receiver position. This does not mean that wide receiver 1 through 10 rankings that you normally see. There are wide receivers that are ranked high that may not be great fits for the Chargers. We're not talking about those guys. So we're talking about our favorite fits for the Chargers, not necessarily round one. Some might be. We might see day one, day two, day three guys Jake and I each have five that we're going to go over. Some of them overlap in terms of who we like, but we each wanted to do five so you guys can get 10 guys to hear about. Uh, And this is a fun 
fun class, Jake. You know, a lot of people talk about the receiver class not being as top heavy, which I would agree with. There, I don't think there are as, as many like studs as you see in the last few years at the top end of the first round. But for teams like the Chargers, who don't necessarily need that right now and have a very specific need, this wide receiver class is bursting at the seams with playmakers that the Chargers need. And that's what got me excited. It's like, there's not just one guy. There isn't just like put all your eggs in one basket. And if you don't get them, you're screwed. There are at least a dozen that can fit the archetype and resolve some of the issues the Chargers team is facing. So uh, overall, Jake, I guess like going into this, I got my five. You got your five. I'll let Jake kind of start this thing off with his number five. Again, we'll go from five to one. We'll save the best for last, at least best fits for last. But as we kind of get into it, Jake, like talking about these receivers, like are there any overarching themes when you look at your list? Uh, I mean, the I guess the over overall theme would be that this draft class lacks the normal size that you see in past drafts. There are it's very few and far between that you have your six foot four, two hundred plus wide receivers in this draft class. There are a handful of them, but not as many as you would normally see in drafts past. This is more of your speed wide receiver class, more of the bulk of your slot receiver uh, wide receiver class in this particular draft. So that's what you take away from. But what is it that the Chargers are specifically looking for? Obviously, with everything that's taking place now with you know the news about Keenan Allen, we'll wait to see what takes place ultimately with that. Chargers could be essentially looking for another productive wide receiver three with the likes of Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, someone just to add a little bit juice into that. Obviously, Jalen Guyton's still in that conversation as well, but the Chargers need another outside weapon to give Justin Herbert. And the wide receivers that we'll talk about today truly are in no discernible order, even though we're going through them in from a five to one respect. That does not mean that these are, you know, my five to one as far as my favorite wide receivers, just a handful of guys. Go through five of them. Dan will go through his five. No discernible order. No draft round projections on this as well. Um, just maybe some of our favorite guys. Maybe a little. I mean, maybe a little. <laughs> I mean, you can't get away with that. You know it's going to happen. I think when we, you know, start getting a little bit higher on this, everybody can kind of, you know, connect as far as when we're expecting some of these guys to go off the board. But overall, it just is a handful of guys best fit for the Chargers uh, and doesn't really matter about what round we're talking about here. Day one, day two, possibly even day three prospects here is that we're talking to talking about. So, Dan, I'm ready to kick it off. How about you? I am ready to go. Uh, Jake, let's talk about your number five on your list. Uh, I'll bring it up on the screen here for folks who are watching. Best fits for the Los Angeles Chargers. Jake's kicking it off. Number five. Talk about him, Jake. So, I, you know, I should have mentioned this just a second ago, Dan, when you were just talking about what's the overall theme here. You, it, for those, again, who are watching our first, you know, f- draft coverage, especially this year for the first time ever, there is a term that I have used in relation to draft prospects, I'm regardless waiting. of position. Pause. Over, <laughs> under. <laughs> Let's see. Over, under four and a half minutes before Jake says the size be damned <laughs> phrase on this episode, Jake. Pound me under. Pound the under, baby. Pound the under. Way to bury the lead, but pound the under. <laughs> so uh, to make sure that we're still paying the bills before we jump into all of this, I want to just remind everybody that you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, and player news over at Bet Online. 
And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. So head on over to BetOnline.ag. Join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit and make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Jake, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for somewhat stealing the thunder a little bit. But yes, there is a term that I have used as it relates to draft prospects for about the past two years. Size be damned. And in this wide receiver class, there is a plethora of guys. Dan, spoiler alert. The, if there is a valedictorian of this year's size be damn award, that definitely goes to Kansas State's Deuce Vaughn. There's just there's <laughs> there's no getting around that. When, Was he five when six, five eight, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I know we're talking wide receivers here, but just to get that out of the way, if we're talking about who's going to win the size be damned award this year, it's definitely Deuce Vaughn. But back to the wide receivers. Okay, so first one up, I'll talk about Josh Downs, North Carolina again. Size be damned with this guy, five ten one eighty. Do not let the measurables fool you. I mean, you talk about production, production, production. Over the last two years, hundred and ninety five receptions. 2,364 yards and 19 touchdowns. You know, Dan, there was a, I remember, you know, for any of my old WWF savants that love listening to Jim Rosh on commentary, I remember certain guys who were quick and fast and he would use the term educated feet. (laughs) I love that. I mean, you talk about educated feet, someone in this draft, I mean... Josh Downs definitely has the educated feet. And we've seen comparisons for Josh Downs from other draft analysis, giving him comparisons to Tyler Lockett or Jalen Waddell. However, you want to look at, at him just when you, again, when you talk about someone with the, the feet, the quickness, the release off the snap that he has, it's, it's just something else. And he just creates separation in a multitude of different ways, uh, displays great athleticism as he's not afraid to get physical. Uh, contest for catch is terrific. If you ever go, if you're going on and you're watching the film on his, go on and make sure that you, you watch some of his end zone catches and just what he is able to do with some of his filthy routes. In the red zone, he was utilized so well, specifically in... Um, there's two red zone possessions in his his film against Notre Dame this year that are just absolutely ridiculous as far as the routes that he is putting on some of these defenders going up back corner of the end zone, going up and contesting the grab of the, for the ball. I mean, he was just utilized in so many different ways in North Carolina's offense. Now, yes, he needs to get a little bit more polish in his route running. He's by, I mean, it's, it's with some of his routes, as good as his feet are, he does need to get a little bit polished in the the intermediate areas in the middle of the field as tape is shown on that. But that those are things that can easily be coached as an offensive weapon. And of all the multitude of ways that, that an offensive coordinator could use Josh Downs. I just really, really enjoy watching his film. I mean, it's, it's insane just to see the reactions of the DBs and the dust that Josh Downs is leaving on them when he's going right past them. So it's an enjoyable thing to watch and to see him perform at the next level and to see him possibly inserted into this Chargers offense with Kellen Moore now at the helm at offensive coordinator. I think this would be a great fit as far as an offensive weapon and how they could utilize him. Yeah, you're right, Jake. Josh Downs is such a fun player. Like he's such a fun player to watch and talk about shiftiness. Like he he has that uh, a kind of uncanny ability. It kind of reminds me of like the Michael Bandy route that we saw in preseason last year, that whip route that he did where he got like 10 yards of separation on a five-yard route. That's what Josh Downs seems like he could do in spades all day long. 
Like you need to get a conversion short. Like that's your guy. I love Josh Downs. I don't have him on my list, but I understand why you do. And like that archetype is so fun. And I can see that dynamic working really well for the Chargers, especially with someone like a Kellen Moore. Uh, and it's fun because I think when you look at Josh Downs and you look at a lot of the guys, and I'll probably say most of the guys that we have on our list are similar in the sense of they, they bring one of two things. I would say almost all of them either stupid speed and, or stupid agility. One of those two things is probably common with all of these guys. No different with Josh Downs. Like his agility is ridiculous. You go watch him. He looks like he's kind of just like, boop, 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 and he's gone. Um, the only concern only, I think the pro day is going to be big for him. Pro day. I think NFL combine is going to be big for him coming up here in a couple weeks. Like actually next week. Holy crap. We're already there. It feels good. The 40 time is going to be big for him. I think we're no, he's going to blow it out of the park with some of the shuttles or the short stuff, but like 40 time, I think is going to be big. Um, so next up. So I guess number five for me, Jake, let's kind of get into my number five. And this is probably going to come as a surprise to some, because not many people are talking about this guy. And I don't understand why, you know, he, he's sort of lost in the shuffle in this class. But whoever gets him is going to get an absolute stud. The guy I'm talking about right now, honestly, and I, I'm super excited because I think he's going to be a great NFL prospect, is going to be wide receiver Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Now, you don't hear his name very often, Jake, which is kind of weird in this class. You hear all of the other guys, which you'll hear some of them we talk about later. But no one's talking about this Marvin Mims guy who is just – a baller, like definition of a playmaker. He's a gamer that you want on your team. Jake, he had over 20 yards per catch two seasons in a row, 20.1 this past year at Oklahoma and 22 yards per catch in 2021. Yeah, excuse me, 2021. This year, 54 receptions, almost 1,100 yards. That was over 20 touchdowns in his career at Oklahoma. Jake, I don't know if you've heard about his high school career, but it is absolutely bananas. He, as a senior, set the single-season Texas record for 2,629 yards receiving, 117 yards, 117 receptions, and 32 touchdowns. 2,629 receiving as a senior, and a, or a college record, excuse me, high school record in Texas. In total, Jake, for his high school career, Marvin Mims had 5,485 yards receiving most in high school history in the great state of Texas. This guy is incredibly versatile, explosive, can win short, wins deep, super vertical, which is surprising considering his size. He's only, I want to say he's 5'11", about 180 or so. Um, so good in space. Plays way above his weight class, above his height. And he brings a ton of run after catch, yard after catch. And honestly, I love his vision. And for how for his size, he's a pretty physical player. You see it on some of the run blocking that he provides. He's twitchy, he's quick, both physical, and he provides what the charges need in those house call abilities. You see him finding ways to make it happen. I think he's an excellent slot wide receiver, offensive weapon, would be great in this kind of spread offense with Kellen Moore. And look, like is he the most refined? No. 
Like, is he a smaller target? Yes. Is he going to require kind of tighter windows from Justin Herbert? Yes. But you know what? It's Justin Herbert. Like, that's okay. Like, he may not have the same archetype as some of the other guys that we have on this list or might not have kind of that size strength that you likes to see sometimes, especially Tom Telesco looks for. Isn't the tallest, isn't the fastest, although he's pretty damn fast. But at some point at the end of the day, like, ball don't lie. Like, Marvin Mims is probably one of my favorites in this class as a whole just because he just gets shit done. It's so fun watching him as a receiver, and Oklahoma got so much out of him. Marvin Mims comes at number five for me, Jake. Have you got a chance to watch him? I have. I mean, you talk about some ridiculous catches that this dude has made, specifically the one against the Texas Tech defender where he's going down, uh, going up against the sidelines. And somehow, it just you have to watch it a number of times just to figure out like how the hell did he catch it? Because it literally just looks like it goes right through the defender and somehow he's able to catch it on the backside of that. Um, a couple other credits that he's had go back to his game against Texas in the end zone. The fallback one where he goes backwards and catches it. I mean, he's had some terrific, terrific catches. Danny's in the top 10 this year for contested catches among all wide receivers of this class. So, I mean, as you mentioned, physical uh, and his blocking, good route running. Obviously, yes, is there some areas that could be approved? Yes. Is he going to be the, the fastest of this draft class? No. But in just in terms of a, a vertical threat that you mentioned is kind of going under the radar. Yeah, he's kind of fit that bill. So I'm not sure as far as where people would start to consider him. I would hope that the combine and pro day would be a big elevation for his draft stock if he ends up testing really well. But yeah, I mean, the tape on him has been impressive. I, I really enjoyed his tape, his athleticism. I think he fits that bill from what you would like to see a, a downfield threat that isn't your run of the mill, you know, six foot four, six foot three type guy. He looks different, but he acts the part. And at the end of the day, he gets it done. And you go look at his production, in Oklahoma. He is a baller and he has been that way since high school. So that's my number five. Jake, let's get to your number four on your list. Who you got? So I got Cincinnati's Trey Tucker. And when we talk about the whole speed aspect of what everybody is looking for for the Chargers, Trey Tucker's got that. Again, another size be damned. Five foot eight, 175. You talk about speed, you talk about explosion. Trey Tucker brings that to an offense. You want a good example of that? You go look at his tape that he had where he takes a four yard screen pass that's behind the line of scrimmage and literally just looks like he outruns the entire defense as he goes 55 yards to the end zone. And that was against the East Carolina defense. But still, it looks like he's running past 67 guys all to get a 55-yard touchdown. It was just insane. He also has kick return ability. He took a 99-yard house call. Um Average 24.9 yards per return. Had two total touchdowns for his college career. This guy is a former track champion. Tremendous short area quickness that he brings to the table. His route running looks... I mean, it's it. you could tell that this guy has worked the route running tree. He looks precise in it, disciplined in that, creates separation on the outsides with double moves. I like everything that I see from Trey, from Trey Tucker's tape, honestly. it's it, Because I think it hits on a multitude of different ways. It's not just a, I'm going to beat you with my speed, one-trick pony type of find a way to make production happen. I love what I see from the compliments of his well-rounded game that he brings to the table. And again, the return aspect abilities. Um, 
are we a hundred percent sure that DeAndre Carter is going to be coming back next year? I, I don't know if that's going to, to to ultimately happen. But here's someone that can offer you some position uh, versatility, brings that speed aspect, and a little bit more that you can use in a creative offense. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Trey Tucker. I think he provides that speed, that offensive weapon, kind of Swiss Army knife ability that this Chargers team is lacking. And uh, the dude's fast. Like, he's fun to watch. Um, you see a lot of people comping him to kind of like a Tyler Lockett type. Uh, he, I like him. You, sure had where, the, you had a tweet about him just I'm not, last week. So. I'm not sure how. He's definitely, I think he's a day three guy. I think he's a day three guy, but someone's going to get electricity with him. And hey, if the Chargers want to double dip and go for someone in the third round, or excuse me, third day, it's fair. I, I wouldn't mind this at all. I wouldn't mind this at all. I don't know what's in the water over at Cincinnati, but they had a couple guys <laughs> that are actually on our list here that we'll talk about. But for me, Jake, let's go to our number four on my list. And uh, I, I love these lists because as you go through, you know, you start to dig through some of the guys that are on draft boards and you start seeing people that you may not have understood or seen before. And then all of a sudden you kind of start finding guys that why have we not heard about him? Like, why aren't we, why aren't people talking more about some of these guys? And that's who I am going to talk about with my number four, Trey Palmer, Mm. Jake, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. If you have not watched Trey Palmer, I suggest I highly suggest you go out and watch this guy. 6'1, 190. Again, a bit smaller frame. I would like to see him be a little bit bigger. 6'1, 190, that's pretty thin in my eyes. But transfer from LSU 2021. This past year, Jake, 71 receptions, almost 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, had a long of 87 yards. Did really, really good in that spread type offense that they have in Nebraska. The guy's a track star. Uh, 10.42 100-meter dash time in high school. Really, really good speed. Really good hands. He's one of the few that are both quick and fast. You know, And I talk about like the, the meter stuff. Louisiana State champion in the 200-meter dash all four years of high school. This guy had a senior speed of 21.5 miles per hour. 21.15 miles per hour. Wild. Like, the, the guy's got juice. The guy's got juice. Great job tracking the ball. He's very good in special teams, too. Again, 6'1", like he's got special teams juice and has the size that you'd like to see. Again, I'd like to see him get maybe 10 pounds heavier a bit. But, Jake, have you seen the stupid game that he had versus Purdue? Oh, Seven receptions, (laughs) 237 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, by the way, one carry. 60 yards. That's almost 300 yards from scrimmage by this guy. I mean, he consistently stretches the field, both at the boundary as well as kind of over the middle. Jake, this guy just eats up the middle of the field. Like, if he gets past defenders, he's not getting caught. I totally see him as kind of like a slot corner, definitely upside to potentially get better than that. But presumably in a vertical offense with Kellen Moore, Justin Herbert could launch it a mile. I really would like to see this guy on the Chargers. I I think his best game is ahead of him. I think that you'll see a lot of people start talking about him more and more as we get closer to the combine. We start seeing stuff from pro days. Trey Trey Palmer is fun to watch, man. I, I was so happy I got to see him. 
absolutely on my top five favorites for this Chargers team, specifically for what they need. I just love Trey Palmer. And so many people when I talked about him on Twitter the other day were like, oh, yeah. Or I used to, I live in Nebraska. I'm a Cornhuskers fan. And this guy balled out. So got eyes on Trey Palmer. Can't wait to see what he does the combine. Uh, would love to see him in blue and gold. I thought, you know, there was a handful of wide receivers at the Senior Bowl, Dan, that really kind of caught your eye and made you pay attention to them and really helped their, let's just say, overall status, even before the combine and before the pro days. But they definitely got some people talking about it. And Trey Palmer was one of those guys, as you mentioned, Dan. He was the fastest guy at just over 21 miles an hour that was clocked at at the Senior Bowl for his running. 21! The way that the way that he was blowing past defenders just looked ridiculously too easy for him. It just did not take that much effort. I mean, right off the snap and the release, it's just he's he's gone. He's already five yards past them. And you again, you highlight some of his game film that he was brought up to the tape. Whether that was the game against Purdue, obviously some of the catches that he made in the LSU game. Um, this guy has just has those elements that you want to insert into this Chargers offense, as you mentioned, the speed and the quickness. And if you can find an offensive game plan to where you can get creative with this guy, whether we're just talking about the simple stutter and go and go vertical, or if you want to use him in intermediate routes, I think he'd be a tremendous weapon for this team. Yes, I totally agree. (laughs) Gotta love the mute button. Gotta love it. I would love to see Trey Palmer in a Kellen Moore offense. In a Joe Lombardi offense? I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Maybe. I I don't know. But I damn well could tell you that Trey Palmer will be used more creatively with Kellen Moore. Um, Jake, next up, who's on your list? So I got Michigan State's Jaden Reed. I thought this was another guy who... um, Definitely when it came to the senior bowl and winning, when it came to one-on-one reps, he was up there again. It just looked, it looked ridiculously too easy for him on some of these routes where it's not just the footwork that he's bringing to the table. It's just, he's got the speed to blow past some of these guys. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have the educated feet as Josh Downs. It's just like, okay, I'm going to put one foot in the ground. I'm going to make my move and I'm going to go. And he's five to 10 yards back in the end zone past these guys and catching touchdowns. Um, you know his 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 reps that were like I mentioned his reps were just ridiculous, constantly leaving DBs in the dust, much like what Trey uh, Trey Palmer did. Dan he clocked in at twenty miles an hour downfield, so he's got that speed again. Tracks the ball very well when he gets down there, smooth off of his release. Had a very high contested catch rate this year, one of his best as far as him going up and getting some of those balls against the DBs. Um, Had a little bit of a dip in production from 21 to 22 for this year, 55 catches for 636 yards and five touchdowns. Dan, for context, what he did in 2021, he caught four more passes with 400 more yards and five more touchdowns. So (laughs) this is sick. Yeah. Slight dip in production all off of, you know, four catches and a handful of yards. But still, I think as if we're looking for someone who could step in on day one and start producing as a wide receiver three slash four as a overall downfield threat that you could possibly pair with the likes of Jalen Guyton back in the days when you had Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson going downfield. I think uh, Jaden Reed fits that bill very, very well. I like Jaden Reed. The the only, again, I don't necessarily know if I would want Jaden Reed as like the only receiver taken for the Chargers, only because like I think they need more speed. Like he doesn't have that top end. I mean, he's fast enough for sure, but 
I don't know if you know if I don't know if he has like the catch me if you can type speed where if he gets if he gets behind someone I can see defenders possibly catching up to him and I think the Chargers need someone who could just rip it. But in terms of like a possession receiver, in terms of a guy who can just get open, in terms of a guy who is like competitive as all hell, absolutely. Like I, I love his game. And so sign me up, put him behind Keenan Allen. Like, absolutely. That'd be fun. I, I would totally take it. Do you see him as like a what day two, day three? Like do you, which one do you see? I mean, if you if you know if you're studying any of what the draft pundits say and whatnot, apparently the big bulk of what people were saying was like going into the senior bowl is that they were worried about his speed. And clocking in at 20 miles an hour, you know, that's going to put some of those things to bed. Now, I definitely think that he could help his case if he was to run a solid 40 at the combine. And truthfully, based on everything else that you watch from his tape, I think that that's going to be one of the biggest indicators of whether that's going to elevate his draft stock or drop it, because I I really love his skill set. I mean, I personally think based off of the the run that you could see on wide receivers starting in round two, maybe it's a back end, you know, day two, fringe day three, could even be elevated to a round two, round three fringe, depending on where he goes. So, um, you know, again, I think that he helped his stock out a lot at the senior bowl, put some of those concerns to bed. And I think he could do that even more if he goes out and performs with a good combine and a good pro day. hundred percent. I've, I've got Jade Reed on my list. Um, I think I have him at number 10 of my favorites for the chargers. Uh, so he didn't crack my top five, but I know he's on yours. Uh, I really like Jade Reed. Uh, I think he'd be fun, but I think he need to be a compliment to another guy that we bring in to, we bring in, they bring in, uh, if they end up going that route. Um, Jake, I alluded to earlier. I don't know what's in the water in Cincinnati, but whatever it is, like I want some of that. I'll take the Gatorade, whatever it is. If I can get the speed that Cincinnati has and the game breaking abilities, like I'll take both of them, if you will. And that's who I love. Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. Now, again, some of these names, people are probably going to be like, I haven't even, I haven't heard of these or what? I can't believe you're not going with Jackson Smith, the Jigba or, okay. Again, we're talking about, specific traits, specific needs that the Chargers have that these guys could fit. Personally, given what we currently know, and we currently have Keenan Allen on the Chargers roster, they do not need Jackson Smith and Jigba. Personal opinion, shoot me if I'm wrong, whatever. Like, it, I don't believe they do. Tyler Scott, on the other hand, Jake, I think the best word to summarize this guy, freak. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> freak. So, 54 receptions, almost 900 yards, nine touchdowns, 5'11", 180. So again, one of the smaller frame kind of guys. I said freak. Made Bruce Feldman's freak list. Listen to this, Jake. This is what he said. At 5'9", 185, he clocked a 42940, 40.5-inch vertical leap, 11-foot broad jump, and squatted 600 pounds. 16 reps at 225 pounds on the bench and maxed out at 345 on the bench. 5'11", 180, squatting 600 pounds and maxing out at 345. Free. I said, elite speed. 429 already in his pocket for the 40-yard dash. Can't wait to see what he does. Pro days, combine, explosive, can win short, intermediate, deep routes. He is like the bona fide, explosive, elite speed, offensive weapon type 
game breaker, ankle breaker, angle breaker, you name it. Like he breaks all of it. And so I think one of the things the Chargers really lack is yes, Keenan Allen can get separation, but then he they catch up. This guy brings separation, run after the catch, yards after the catch all day long. He's not afraid to go up the middle, which I think is important for a slot receiver. Yes, I know. He has a bit smaller frame, which most of the guys we're talking about are in that archetype, which is fine. I do think he could use a little bit more weight, maybe you know, five, ten more pounds. I don't want to go too crazy or else you're just changing who he is, and that's just not realistic. But I would take, man, Tyler Scott is so fun. And when you see what he did at Cincinnati, again, as the second wide receiver to the other Cincinnati wide receiver, it's it's pretty remarkable. Now, in my eyes, like, do I see him as this, like, huge run blocker? No. Like, you're not going to see that much. Like, I do I see him as, like, a wide receiver one? No. That's what we have Mike Williams for. But in a roster in which you don't know the future with Keenan Allen, I could absolutely see Tyler Scott developing into wide receiver two. 100%, depending on what the roster decisions look like for L.A. Kellen Moore, given Tyler Scott, and then you put him with an Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Justin Herbert. And oh, by the way, the offensive line that in theory should be healthy. Like, come on. (laughs) Come on. Tyler Scott, Cincinnati, one of my best fits for wide receiver for the Chargers, number three. Tyler Scott's upside Mm. is... Mm. Just to think about what you could get from a guy like that who creates that type of explosiveness, the type of change of direction that he brings to the game, um, you know, it makes your mouth water a little bit just thinking about what the uh, the upside of his potential could be. And he definitely has all of those elements. Dan, is one of the things that you mentioned, obviously, yeah, you'd like to see him put on a little bit more size given his smaller frame, but his ability to stretch a defense downfield and the crazy part about it is, is that he doesn't even need to get that vertical to do it. I mean, you look at, again, we, unfortunately, we're, it may sound like we're picking on East Carolina here a little bit, but you watch, <laughs> you watch his highlight that he gives, gets against East Carolina, and it's what, 15 yards down the field, he catches it, he's wide open, and then there's two defenders that are trying to close in on him, and he just goes right up the middle and just goes past everybody to the end zone. I mean, a guy like that with that type of speed to where you can take a what would normally be just a typical first down and, and stretch it into something like that is something to take note of. So again, the upside for him, I think he's, I think he's, uh, you know, what he could be at the next level. And as you said, with this offense, with what you already have in place around you with the quarterback that you have in place, it's something to have some good dreams about. <laughs> I like that. Good dreams. I like that. Um, Jake, I'm sure people are clamoring. They're waiting for, finally, we get to talk about someone that maybe they've heard of. Or finally, they get to talk about someone that people are mocking to the Chargers in the first round. Uh, Jake, you hear this name all the time. The floor is yours. Who is your number two? Well, let's talk about Tennessee's Jalen Hyatt. Hmm? Let's talk about Tennessee's Jalen Hyatt. Uh, If we're looking for the speed aspect, check, check, check. Got everything you want. As far as a defensive stretcher, top end speed for offensive coordinators to say, just run the post and keep running the post until you burn somebody and we'll find you. <laughs> we'll find and you do it again. 
keep doing it. Rinse and repeat. That is what Jalen Hyatt can bring to this table. Now, as we have seen in the number of, what, the last week and a half or so when the mock drafts have started to come out, this is a name that has been mocked to the Chargers a lot. This is a guy whose draft stock has definitely seen some rise here over the last month or so, given where we thought we were starting with this wide receiver class. Um, Daniel Popper had him at 21, being mocked to the Chargers there. And again, you want the speed aspect, the speed aspect that has been essentially absent from the Chargers these past two years. He brings that to the table, Dan. Um, But again, finished second in the FBS with 15 touchdowns. His game against Alabama, I mean, damn. You talk about have yourself a game, six catches, 207 yards, and five touchdowns. Against against Alabama's defense. (laughs) Against Alabama's defense. I mean, that is a show. Now, where, where are some things that may make some people question some aspects of his game? He's not going to be the best at running the route tree. He doesn't have those top of type of polished intermediate skills to his game yet. It's it, it, What has got him to the dance and got him to this point is his best absolute trait, and that is his downfield speed, which he has. And if that's what the Chargers are looking for to bring another element to the game, the if we're talking about what Keenan Allen brings, if we're talking about what Mike Williams brings, if we're talking about what Josh Palmer brings, Jalen Hyatt hits that quote-unquote, as Brandon Staley said, next gear as it relates to an offensive weapon. So again, is he, is he, does he need a little bit of work as far as some other things? Yes, but that's not what a offense is going to ask of him. He is going to be a prototypical downfield threat that you're going to use to stretch the field. And in an offense that is dying for some type of offensive explosion and some speed, I think Jalen Hyatt would actually be a great fit. I don't know if I'm particularly sold on him going as high as 21. That's where I was going to go with this. And that's where I kind of differ on this a little bit. I think Jalen Hyatt as a prospect for the Chargers would be fantastic. I don't know if I've come around to the idea of him going as high as 21, especially with some other guys that we'll talk about in this class. We haven't even started talking about the tight end prospects in this class yet. So there's a plethora of different options if we're talking about Jalen Hyatt as a first-round pick and for you to tell me, okay, well, who's off the board already mm-hmm. to tell me that Jalen Hyatt is going to be the guy at 21. But overall, I think if, let's just say hypothetically, if the Chargers were to trade back a few spots, I mean, money time. Would love to see Jalen Hyatt in a Chargers offense one way or another. Jalen Hyatt as a Charger is so enticing. It's so enticing. And you, and you see why people are so intrigued by it. Because he brings the one thing that the Chargers have been desperate for. And it's been glaring that they have been unable to stretch the field because they do not have speed. Period. And Jalen Guyton brings that. Excuse me, Jalen Guyton. Jalen Hyatt brings that. Jalen Guyton also brought that, by the way. But the part that I think is concerning to me, and why I have him a little bit lower on my kind of overall top 10 for the Chargers specifically, I have him at number four for me on my list for the Chargers. I know you have him a little bit higher for you. The reason why I have him at four is because a couple concerns. One, you talked about kind of the, the route tree. I'm not quite sure how versatile he is. I really don't. Now, could the Chargers say, look, all we need is some guy to run 40 yards every single time, take the top off every single time, get a breather, go out and do it again? Sure. They have the luxury when you have a Keenan Allen, you have a Mike Williams. Like, I get that. But you're not going to have those guys forever. And let's say you lose Keenan Allen either this year or next year. And he then becomes your number two. 
I, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. I also don't know, you know, has a little bit of a thinner frame. You know, I think that can have some issues. He has high legs. I don't know how durability is going to look for him. And I just don't know how teams can use him creatively other than stacking him in a way where they doesn't get hands on at the line of scrimmage. Because if he does have that, it's tough. A lot of people talked about like Tennessee really schemed him open a lot. And I think NFL defenses are just another level. And it's going to be hard to just give a straight line guy straight line plays every time and expect him to succeed. But I could see it working. It's just rich for me as a first round pick. Now, if you do him as a day two prospect, absolutely. But day one, I want someone who can change my offense. And while he can change it in one aspect, I don't necessarily know if it's enough. And there's some other guys we'll talk about here that I think change it more. All right. I know it's been way too long before we've talked about this guy. I know everyone's going to be talking about how the hell have we not talked about this guy yet. We haven't really talked about him much on this Chargers Unleashed podcast because realistically, I don't necessarily think either of us think that he's going to be available at 21. But if he is available at 21, could you imagine a Chargers offense when you have someone like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Jordan Addison. Jordan I mean, Addison. You go look at Tony Pauline's latest mock draft that he put out on uh, Pro Football Network. He put the he put the Chargers selecting Jordan Addison at twenty one. I mean, and it's probably the for those of you who haven't read it yet, it's probably one of the most diverse <laughs> mock drafts I have seen as it relates to the wide receiver order for this for this year so far. Jordan Addison was the fourth wide receiver. <laughs> Take one of the, one of the few drafts that you'll see that there's actually two running backs happening. <laughs> <laughs> but look now, this might be I don't know. This might be a hot take. Is Jordan Addison like the speed threat that I think the Chargers fans collectively have been clamoring for? Like, is he slow? No, the hundred percent. He's he's fast enough for sure. But what he lacks in like overall top end speed, he probably was going to run like a low four fours is my guess. Maybe high four threes, but I doubt it. But what he lacks in kind of that elite speed, Jordan Addison has just the technician component in spades. In my eyes, I think he's arguably the most pro ready receiver in this draft. I think he's the most refined receiver in this draft. I think his route running skills are incredible. Former Blitnikoff winner when he was at Pittsburgh, then transfers to USC. I mean, this guy had almost 900 yards, eight touchdowns, catching balls from Caleb Williams. In Pittsburgh, two years ago, 100 receptions, almost 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, tied the nation for the most. Consensus, All-American first-teamer in 2021. Jake, quarterback rating when he was targeted was 136.7 in 2021. So throw it to Jordan Addison is what you're saying. Yes. And then Jordan Addison's like, you know what? Enough of this. I don't want to go to Kenny Pick anymore. I'm going to go over to, Ke- to Caleb Williams. Let's see how this Heisman Trophy winner does. Oh, by the way, ho-hum, 139 passer rating when targeted by Caleb Williams. 139. So talk about old reliable. Talk about dependable. That's your guy. Smooth, super twitchy, can stretch the field with intermediate and deep routes. Again, he can't stretch the field by taking the top off of the defense, but he can get open in the deep part of the field. He is super savvy in that regard. 
You think of players kind of like, and again, I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that he's Stefan Diggs, but you think of those guys aren't really going to blaze past you, but how effective they are at game breaking abilities and stretching the defense and getting down the field for those deep catches. That's what they do best. And that's what I see Jordan Addison doing kind of a middle of the field, deep field, just technician. Uh, I think his separation is arguably the best, especially considering kind of the quote unquote lack of elite speed. Uh, But the amount of dynamic playmaking that he brings, I can't even imagine what this Chargers offense would look like if you bring that sort of dynamic playmaking to the Chargers. Like we have Mike Williams as a Charger. He does kind of, he's the go up and get it guy. You've got Keenan Allen, third and Allen conversion guy. Him as your wide receiver three, possibly moving to wide receiver two, hell, maybe one, depending on how far up he gets. Sign me up. Like, give me as many possible options to have firepower to take over the AFC West and to compete with those other teams and the juggernauts. Could they still go for more speed with him? Absolutely. But if you talk about just who is going to make this wide receiver room the best out of this class, if you combine all of them as a whole collectively, it might be Jordan Addison. This is the weirdest thing, Dan, about this draft class, especially we're talking about like now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the top wide receivers that some people have on their boards when we're talking about the likes of Jordan Addison. We'll eventually talk about Quinn Johnson here in a little bit. Uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Jigma, uh, thank you. Um, and another guy here that we'll talk about in just a second. But as there are so many people that have them in a different order for different reasons. And some people have Addison as their wide receiver one. Others have him as their wide receiver four. And it's just so interesting to see the reasons why. Because, Dan, I love how you touched on the fact that is he probably the most pro-ready wide receiver as it relates to this class? You know, that's an arguable point. But what he lacks in top end speed, because he doesn't have that, it's very difficult for him to beat defenders by just running simple post routes. But when he gets 10 yards down the field and the defenders are around him, it's a simple change of direction. And the defender's going the other way and Addison's way over here. (laughs) And and all of a sudden, he's wide open. You mentioned his career at, at what he did at Pitt. It's a great example of not having top end speed, but finding ways to produce. The clip of him catching the screen pass three yards behind the line of scrimmage maneuvering down the left side of the field and a clump of defenders that's right there to corral him. And he just finds the angle to go right in between them and take it all the way to the opposite field for a touchdown. He has those type of playmaking capabilities. The route running is polished. It's, it's pristine. It's NFL ready, as you mentioned. And, you know, as far as Jordan Addison, just being there at 21, it's interesting to me because there's so it's all over many, the place. It's all over the place as it relates to his draft stock right now. So, I mean, would I welcome that as an addition to the Chargers? Yes. Do I realistically think that Jordan Addison will be there at 21? No. I expect him to be off the boards well before this. But it's a very interesting dynamic, especially now as we get into the combine and the pro day times, how everything may shift as it relates to his draft stock. But overall, Jordan Addison, tremendous player. And the other thing too, Jake, that I love about Jordan Addison is he has succeeded in multiple schemes with multiple coaches, multiple quarterbacks, and has balled out religiously with both of them. 
And so, you know, people talk about, oh, how is he going to fit in the NFL with a new offense, new head coach? New, like he's done it already. He's already played with Kenny Pickett. Going to play. He played with Kenny with Caleb Williams, who's obviously going to be a lottery pick. Like the kid's a stud. Going to be quarterback next year. And then, in theory, if he goes Justin Herbert, like, good lord! I mean, how much of a rocket launch is that <laughs> for those three quarterbacks? So, Jordan Addison to me is such a fun idea. Do I think he is the best fit for the Chargers? No, but is he a damn good fit? Yes. All right, Jake, we're getting into it. Now, before we get to each of our number ones, do we need to, I think we need to address the elephant in the room with who is not being discussed and who is not either of our number ones. And that is arguably what most people see as wide receiver one in the draft, Quentin Johnston. Now, I know this is... <laughs> there's a lot of people are going to be like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Um, Jake, I'll let you go first. Why is he not in the top five? We all know he's a great receiver. Like, everyone, like, let's... Uh, like, duh. <laughs> I mean, Why is he not for the Chargers specifically in the top five? Thank you. I wanted to specify that because top five wide receivers in this draft class, arguably there's no question there that Quentin Johnson... Johnston is that for this class as far as fits for the chargers, because, and this really got Dan and I talking yesterday, especially after Daniel Jeremiah had mocked Quentin Johnston to the chargers with their 21st overall pick. Um, again, as far as prototypical wide receivers that as, and the few that are in this class that are around that six foot four, 200 plus pound range he hits all of those boxes that you want. He's an athletic freak when it comes to the things that he can do with that type of a size. I think there's some still some question marks in the air just based off of his final year at TCU. There's a little bit of inconsistencies with his game, especially when it comes to the hands. Contested catches downfield. Now, of the 32 touchdown passes that Max Duggan had at TCU... Quentin Johnston was only the recipient of six of those. And was it more of a product? And this is the question that people are asking. Was it more of a product of the, the system? Was he hampered by the quarterback? Uh, you know, what did he do when the balls, balls were thrown to him as far as just making the most out of it? Again, these are questions that people are asking. So again, uh, Quentin Johnston is actually a guy who I expect to be off the board before the Chargers end up selecting him at 21. Agreed. I think from just a standpoint, if we're just merely going from a... If everybody wants to talk about the, the Chargers drafting speed, then you could probably just go ahead and say, okay, let's just pull up the tape of Princeton's Andre uh, Eslovis <laughs> and just call it a day because that is probably going to be the fastest wide receiver at this upcoming NFL Combine with his track speed. But there is a little bit more of an element to that. I, and I, I think why this kind of has Dan and I on the fence as it relates to this is some people are expecting Quentin Johnston to run a, a sub 4-4. Four, four. And if that's true, that's going to change a, an entire narrative here. It's fluid. Um, it's fluid. Yeah. And I, I, know that he, I know that he's fast. I just didn't expect him to be that fast. I don't so, see it. I mean, we'll we'll see. It it doesn't look that fast on tape, but he could totally surprise a lot of people if he ends up at that size 
to be running that fast. I would personally love to see it. And again, like we said, this whole thing is fluid that we're before the combine here, that this could change a whole different narrative if he ends up doing that. There still are things to his game that obviously need to improve at the next level. And I still put him in the top five wide receivers for this class. There's no question about that. Obviously, He'll, pro- yes. he'll probably be, he'll probably easily be uh, one of the top three that is taken. But, and just in terms of the Chargers, overall fits in terms of what they have and what they need. As we sit here, February 22nd, 2023, again, everything could change, but I don't know. What would you call this? Kind of like an honorable mention, wait and see type of scenario. Almost like a TBD. Like I have him in my top 10 for sure. I don't have him in my top five yet, but again, the caveat is if he's going to run a 4-3, like that changes things for me. I just don't see it. On film, he... Game speed does not look like that. You don't see him running past away from people very much. You see a lot of uh, broken tackles you'll take. You'll see a lot of missed tackles. You see a lot of like the little spin move thing that he does where he kind of plants his foot in the ground and goes the other direction. Um, but I don't see the twitch. I don't see the dynamic, you know, the offensive weapon who can take over a game and make the house call that your team needs to catch up with some of those juggernauts in the AFC West or in the AFC in general. I just, I don't see that. Like I see a lot of similarities with things that Mike Williams can do. And I don't necessarily know if the Chargers need another archetype like that. Now, does it make sense that Tom Telesco goes after size, speed, and strength? Sure. 100%. Yes. But is should they? I don't know. Like I think they would still need something more in the wide receiver group if they got him. Because he doesn't fill all of those boxes. Like I think... These next two guys, in my opinion, do. Again, Dan, talk to- let's just say, for example, uh, before we say to that, because I know you posed this question. If the Chargers ended up selecting Quentin, Quentin Johnston at 21, would you f- say, like, okay, their wide receiver need is filled at that point? Or would no. you want to see them double dip, even with them getting the likes of Quentin Johnston? Double dip for 100%. 100%. Because I think they... I don't think Quentin Johnson gives you kind of the underneath offensive weapon Swiss Army knife that you just get him the ball in space and he can make something happen. I don't think he does that. Interesting. But I could be wrong. I just don't see it. Now, the argument is, would the Chargers necessarily need that if they already have an Austin Eckler? I would argue yes. And there are other positions in this draft that can potentially help solve that. But... I don't think he does. And that's why he's not in my top five. Again, it's fluid. We'll see if all of a sudden he, you know, tests out of the charts at the combine. We'll update it. That's why we're doing this now before the combine. We'll do it again later. But again, like I said, to make this list, you had to be either stupid fast or stupid quick with an asterisk of maybe you're both. And that's where we land with each of our top favorites in terms of fits for the Chargers. Jake, I will let you do the honors first. Who is your favorite fit for the Los Angeles Chargers? Guy who I've been bullish about since day one, Dan, and you know this, and you and I have had bullish conversations about this in general, but say Flowers, Boston College, arguably the most dynamic pass catcher in this entire draft class. Now, I know a lot of people have debated on whether or not he's worthy of a first round pick. And I get that obviously five, 10, 172 pounds. You need to put some size on him at the next level. There's no question about that, but with the ball in his hands, his filthy route running, you talk about adding an explosive 
playmaker to this offense to hit that next gear, if you will, that Brandon Staley has talked about. The change of direction that Zay Flowers brings to this game is ridiculous. Uh, Dan, half of the yards that Zay Flowers collected this year were yards after the catch. I mean, that's insane. You want someone with yak production? Bang, 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 check, 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 whatever you want to call it. He hits that. And the crazy part about it is, is that despite his size, he tracks the ball so good downfield on vertical routes that he is running. He just hits a different gear with that explosive capability. Contested catches, you turn on the film against Louisville. He's out jumping defenders, snatching balls, literally having to go over their back and taking it right out in front of their face. (laughs) I mean, just his blend of release, his athletic capability, his quickness, as I mentioned, change of direction speed. He's got so much explosive capabilities that could add another level of juice to this offense and what the Chargers currently don't have among their wide receiver core. This is a different element that you can insert into that. Man, I, I mean, look, I am I going to be upset if the Chargers get Zay Flowers round one? No. You just don't like him at 21. <laughs> yes. But, like, but, the thing, but the thing is, I would understand it. Like, j- just because you have him at... Well, number one in terms of best fit doesn't mean that you want him at the first round pick. Like I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is that correct? No, no, that's that's correct. I, that's that's same re- argument that I had said with Jalen Hyatt. I'm not a hundred percent sold that twenty one is is his sweet spot. So, but in terms of being a great fit, like would he fit for the Chargers and their need in this wide receiver room? A thousand percent. I mean, like. What's not to like about him? Now, I think what is important for him is going to be the forty time at the combine. Hundred percent. Because if he let's say let's say he runs in the you know four, let's say he does like a four four six. I don't think that helps him. Like that that's not helping his case to be that kind of uh, game breaker house call type re- receiver. Now you see it all over the film, but if he comes out and runs like a four three four. I mean, I might have to change my rankings if I'm being honest. Until that happens, we'll see. But again, like you cannot go wrong. No offense gets worse. Every offense gets better with Zay Flowers on your team. Period. And he, he is so dynamic, so fun to watch. He is almost, in my opinion, almost the most uh, human joystick-like in this entire class. But hell... As much as I wouldn't pick him at 21, would I be upset? No. Would I understand it? A hundred percent. Like at some point, you know what you need. And if you don't want to risk losing that because you want to wait for the value to get there, I get it. Like when you have a year like the Chargers have coming up with Justin Herbert and all the prove it years that are happening with coaching staff and some of the players, I get it. Throw it all out the window. Like, I want the best guys who can help my team regardless of when they're picked. I don't care. I'll live with it if I stretch a little. Who cares? So, I love Zay Flowers. I have obviously have him in my list. Uh, obviously, top 10 list. Not my number one. But I think we all know, at least folks who are following me, who have followed me for a bit, know who my number one is in this draft. And there are very few players that I get so excited about that I, like... 
don't want to say fantasize about being on my team, but I kind of fantasize about him being on the Los Angeles Chargers, Jake. We got to come up with a name for this because you've had these players in the past, Dan, but we need <sighs> to give him like, like a, a, you know, a, a name header or something like that in a specific category that specifically just as it relates to how you view them. Like Dan's diamonds. I'm just throwing Ooh. that out there like an example, you know, as far as like the guys. I like that. Like that. Really, really bullish on okay. because you've done this for the last couple of years with your guys that you were really, really excited about. I remember how excited you were when we were back in the days of talking about Antonio Gibson oh, on the show. I remember how excited you were talking about him. So again, I know you've been wanting to talk about this individual for a long time in yes. a more broader sense. So please, sir, the board is yours. Uh, have at it. Take us home. Now, for those who don't know, if you don't know, now you know. Um, do yourself a favor. Nathaniel Tank Dell, in my eyes, is the best fit for the Los Angeles Chargers wide receiving room. In my eyes, I think he transforms this offense more than any other receiver single-handedly in this draft. I'm not stuttering. Tank Dell is my guy, has been my guy for at least a month and a half now. And folks have talked about, oh, he might be a third-round guy. He might be a fourth-round guy. And then as the weeks have come by, as the senior bowl has crept up, all of a sudden, Tank Dell is starting to climb leaderboards, starting to climb those rankings. And folks are now like, oh, my gosh, Tank Dell, he's busting people's ankles, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. Jake. 5'10", 165. I'm going to get this out of the way first. Is he the biggest guy? No. I think his 165 frame is probably the biggest attractor. If he's two inches heavier, two inches taller, 20 inches, he 20 pounds heavier, top five pick. Easy. Size be damn though. But if, if he can get to 170, 175 or so, I'm rolling with him. Jake, find me. For as much as, for as, much as he lacks size... Like at some point, you're just like, this kid is just a great player. He is just a great player. And a lot of times you see like people, I think it was Trevor Sikama who talked on one of his recent episodes about like, you don't want to bet on outliers. But if I was to bet on one for the Chargers specifically, it's this guy. Jake, in, in two seasons, Tank Dell has 198 receptions. 2,728 yards, 29 touchdowns in the, in the past two seasons. This past season alone, 109 receptions, almost 1,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, 17 of them as a receiver, most in college football, has a special teams punt return to boot for a touchdown. Jake, he had 10 consecutive touchdowns in 10 consecutive games with a touchdown at the University of Houston. He legitimately breaks ankles, defies angles, breaks coverages, speed, quickness, agility, start, stop, production, machine. The lateral movement that he brings is an element that Chargers receiving core just does not have. Similar to his A Flowers, he can stop on a dime, start on a dime. The joystick in my eyes with him is on a whole nother gear than anyone else in this class. And then you combine the start, stop with how fast he can get out of there. If, if you're a DB and you don't get your hands on him at the beginning, and you're trying to catch him, never happening. Jake, at the Senior Bowl, everyone talked about like how he balled out, stand out there. 
he had a 90.4 grade at a senior bowl, which was almost 13 points higher than the next highest receiver at the senior bowl. Like a man amongst boys, if you will, at the senior bowl as a wide receiver. Sure. Smaller window. Sure. Smaller frame. ID gaff. When you have a quarterback <laughs> like Justin Herbert and an offensive coordinator like Kellen Moore, give me creativity. Give me Tank Dell in space. Give me Tank Dell running six yards down the field and Justin Herbert throwing bombs like you saw with Tyron Johnson a couple years ago. I will be sleeping like a baby. I hell, if they pick the if the Chargers pick him at twenty one, is it a reach? Sure, I don't care. Do it if you can oh promise. God. If you can promise me that we're getting him at twenty one, I'm good. Like what I what I what I think it's a stretch, obviously, but would I rather guarantee I'm getting Tank Dell? And then figure out, you know, tight end two, three, four, five, whatever it is in round two. If someone told me I can guarantee that, yes, please. Because the chances of you getting him in round two in your pick, much lower than round one, obviously. Now, look, is he going to go 21? No, I don't think he's going to. Obviously. Hey, go start, start walking back off that balloon yeah, you just look, blew I, up a little bit I'm there. just saying I would be okay with it. I think he, I genuinely think he is a end of round one talent. And I've thought that for weeks now. People have gone from early day threes. Now they're going to maybe early, maybe going to late day two. Now they're going to middle day two. Now they're going to early day two. Again, wait till you get to the combine and watch the hype for this guy just go through the roof. Tank Dell, my favorite fit for the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now, again, it's fluid. Right now, favorite fit, my guy. You know, Diners, Drivers, and Dives got triple Ds. I've got Dan's Draft Diamonds. Okay, I got my own triple Ds. Tank Dell, stamp of approval, number one on my list. You know, I was waiting for what your whole, you know, <laughs> soliloquy about Tank Dell was going to be. Um, and it definitely didn't disappoint because you said a lot of stuff in there that I didn't expect you to say. You know, what we should do is just on draft day is just have a live stream of Dan Wolkenstein for at least the first three rounds and watch him pace and watch him sweat and watch him stress and agonize over is Tank Dell going to still be on the board whenever the Chargers selection comes up once again and are the Chargers going to pull the trigger on him? I, I appreciate the fact that you started to walk back your statement that if if the, if he was the selection of the Chargers at the twenty first, I would be no. I'm yeah. not walking that back. I know. I'm not no, walking that back. I mean, well, you tried to kind of you know just level it out by saying, "Is he going to be a first round pick?" No, he's not. No, he but, is. Hold on, hold on. Just to be clear, just to be clear, <laughs> do I think he's going to get picked at twenty one by the Chargers? No. Okay. Do I but, think he's a first round receiver? Yes. Okay. Would I be upset if the Chargers picked him at twenty one? Also, no. Let me ask. So, so, just so we're clear, if because we've we've said this as far as how we have viewed certain guys at at possible twenty one options, mm-hmm. Jalen Hyatt at twenty one, Zay Flowers at twenty one, mm-hmm. you would feel you would have more question marks about those two at twenty one than you would at Tank Dell at possibly at twenty one. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, honestly, are pretty neck and neck to me. Jalen Hyatt, yes. I would rather have him than Jalen Hyatt. Oh, we so need to set up like a camera for you 
to it's gonna watch. Be, it's either going to be incredible. Honestly, it's probably going to be incredible TV regardless, but it's going to be either like a horror movie or like a rom-com. And I'm again, I am not poo-pooing anything from Tank Dell. I love Tank Dell's tape. And as an addition to this Chargers offense, I think it would be fantastic. But and but like I said, I was waiting for what type of rant you were going to go on because Tank Tell was your guy. And thankfully, Dan, you put a smile on my face for a very funny reason today. So I really appreciate how much you stood by your conviction for your guy, Tank Dell. Thank you. Thank you. So where is he on your list? I have him as my number one favorite. Again, not the best receiver in the class, but the best fit for the Chargers. Uh, he's in my he's in my top ten, and every and obviously the, these when we talk about wide receivers again post combine and as we get through the pro days and everything like that, like like we've mentioned on here, everything's kind of fluid because it, you know it, and. Normally, we'd be saying, well, what the hell are we talking about? Like the combine for the underwear Olympics. Most people don't really value it. But for wide receivers and DBs, when we're talking about the drills that they have to run through, it's arguably no positions are better for that as far as helping or hurting a draft stock for two positions. And wide receiver is one of those. So as we go through this throughout the weeks, obviously, we mentioned this as the best fits for the Chargers as we see fit right now. And we haven't come up with our final top 10 list. And obviously, as Dan mentioned, everything's fluid. Things could change in between now and the next week or so as we get through the NFL combine. But as we get closer to the NFL draft, um, I'm sure we're going to have much different conversations. And this list may look very, very different. Um, I don't think it will change the fact that I think that any one of these guys could be great additions to the Chargers, but how they will ultimately stack in our final wide receiver rankings that could be something that could be very different. Yes. Um, honestly, Jake, this episode did not disappoint. I was so excited for this episode because there are so many guys that I think people are sleeping on and some are overhyped, some are underhyped in this class. But I truly believe the guys that we have on our list, all of them would make this offense better. Now, some of them more so than others. Some of them may need to bring in other reinforcements to come along with them. But just to recap, I mean, Jake, imagine your five, Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, Trey Tucker, Jaden Reed, Josh Downs, my five, Tank Dell, Jordan Addison, Tyler Scott, Trey Palmer, and Marvin Mims. Legitimately, if the Chargers got any of these guys, I don't think we're going to be upset. Like, I'd be I'd be fine with all of them, and I would understand all of them. Now, clearly, there are some that we like more than others, and we've given you our reasons. But there's there's also a handful of guys that we did not talk about on the show today. And that's probably going to change. Quick question on that note, uh, putting on the spot here. If there was one guy we didn't talk about at all today, doesn't necessarily have to be like a top player, but just your favorites that you've seen so far in the wide receiver that you have not mentioned today. That I've not mentioned anyone. (sighs) That I've not mentioned today. I'll give you one. I'll give you some time. I'll give you one. Go ahead. Fresno State, everyone talks about Jalen Moreno, Jalen Moreno Cropper, and I think he's like a top 150 player. Nobody's talking about his wide receiver teammate in Nico Remigio. I'm telling you, man, he is so fun. He kind of has like a Marvin Mims type of feel to me. I love the vibes he brings. Again, like he's probably a day three guy, but... Nico Romijo, honestly, is so dang fun. He is like, I don't know. I just want to sit back, drink a Coke, 
have some popcorn and just watch him and listen to the calls because man every time they call his name i'm just like i have a smile on my face uh if i was to pick one dan i would probably say it'd be michael wilson out of stanford and the biggest question mark with michael wilson i love everything out of his game but if the medicals are the biggest thing that make your eyebrows go up a little bit and what he has had to endure over the last three years with different injuries, some to even the same leg. And when he came out for senior bowl and everything like that, I mean, it just kind of made you just for a split second, just kind of forget all of those things, but just long-term and especially just going off of what, the Chargers have experienced in the last years as it relates to health to their wide receiver group. I would just need to make sure that everything is green before I was able to pull the trip. But as a wide receiver prospect, I love his tape, love his tape. So um, past the combine, we'll ultimately see how that ends up panning out. I, I would say that he's definitely fringe top 10 for me as it stands right now. But if those are green, you could see a huge jump. I'm not saying sure. like, you know, it's an honorable mention right now, but not for any any reason that is detrimental to his game, specifically because of health reasons. But if all those check marks are green, you could see a big jump from Michael Wilson. A couple other names, Jake. Um, A.T. Perry. I know you've mentioned him a couple times with me um, off the show. Uh, talk about like, if you want someone who... Who would Tom Telesco get? Like, all right. Tall, check. <laughs> all right, here you go. What is he, 6'5"? The, like, the only problem is he's, like, super thin. And so I think he needs to build out a little bit. But A.T. Perry's another one. Cedric Tillman is another one I can see Telesco going after. Now, the injury concern is there. Obviously, I don't think many people really know where to put him, really. So I could see him being one of those, like, at the end of the day, best available available later than he thought. And then some teams are like, hell, you know what? Whatever. We're going to take him because he's that good. Uh, again, injury concerns, but like I said, the Chargers aren't picking in the top 10. Like the Chargers, and I think it was Trevor Sikkimet that said this on a recent episode, like when you're picking in kind of the back third of the draft, like you're right there. Like you're close. You're trying to get like that one player who can kind of take you over the top. And, and the Chargers, for as much as the pessimists want to talk about, like, oh, the roster sucks and fired this and that, like, they're closer than people want to believe. And give them creativity, give them playmakers, and give them health. I sack them up with anyone. So wide receiver core, Jake, uh, should look very different on this Chargers team come August. Hell, come April. <laughs> uh, anything else? I know this one, went, this one went long, but honestly, I am totally okay with that because this class of wide receivers deserve it, especially with the need the Chargers have. Yeah, this was a fun one. And I, I will, you know, as we go through some of these positions, obviously we won't be able to talk about all of our favorites before the NFL Combine. Um, but we'll be talking heavily on the offensive side of the ball because you better believe we'll start digging into the tight end class uh, as it relates to this team because that will be a huge priority going into this Chargers uh, draft as well as we get closer to April 27th. But uh, no, this has been fun, Dan. I'm finally, I, I'm glad that we're finally able starting to talk about these guys. Uh, it. It'll be, 
It'll be a continuous deep dive into these position classes as it relates to the next several weeks on top of bringing on people that know much more than we do as it relates to the NFL draft. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun as far as the subject matter for this show goes over the next two months. Jake finally got to scratch the itch of the NFL draft. We're talking prospects from here on out for a long time with not only each other and with our listeners and viewers, but with some ridiculously talented experts in this field. So stay tuned Uh, for Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, Charges Unleashed. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe. Follow us everywhere you guys can find us. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.